After my heart attack, cash from active care meant I had choices. When I had cancer, cash from active care meant I didn't need to stress so much about money. What is active care? Active care is a supplemental health insurance policy that offers protection for covered cancer, heart attack, or stroke and a choice of cash benefit options from $10,000 to $60,000. If you're diagnosed with cancer, a heart attack, or stroke, you could end up paying thousands of dollars or more in out-of-pocket medical bills. Active Care gives you protection at an affordable price. So, get Active Care for cash, choice, and control. Active Care is brought to you by Colonial Penn Life Insurance Company and is underwritten by Washington National Insurance Company. Visit colonialpen.com for more information. This is a limited benefit policy. This policy has limitations and exclusions. For costs and complete details of coverage, visit colonialpen.com. The Tumbling Saber Podcast is a proud member of the Star Wars Commonwealth Podcast Network. Connect with us on Twitter and Facebook. Subscribe to our shows on Apple Podcasts. Visit our base at StarWarsCommonwealth.com and take your first steps into a larger world. everybody, welcome to episode 152 of the Tumbling Saber Podcast. My name's Kyle. My name is Corey. And I'm Carlos. Hey! <laughs> oh no, it's sloppy already. <laughs> oh boy, welcome back everybody. It's uh, It's been a week. Another week. <laughs> Another up and down week, holy cow. Uh, no more news to talk about though. Really, I mean, we got a couple of things which we'll get to in a few minutes here. But uh, let's let's do a quick catch up. Did you guys have a good weekend? Yeah, it was actually a really nice weekend, man. Like I, I finally felt uh, it was my first tingle or buzz of it of the season, where you know I went shopping quite a bit, took my kid out, started asking him, you know, trying to get a few solid ideas for Christmas for Santa, and uh, yeah, it snowed like quite a lot out here. Not a lot, a lot, but enough to make it a pain in the butt. So I don't know. I felt the, uh, I felt the, the tingle, the hustle, and the bustle, man. I got that sensation, and it was, it was nice, man. The Christmas music was already playing and stuff. I made a nice big lasagna this, tonight. It was awesome, and uh, I also recorded with um, Steve Kirk and Tim Truax for uh, San Diego Sabers Radio Podcast. Nice. Yeah, that was fun, man. Like we just kind of talked about forthcoming toys and. Stuff like that are a wish list, if you will, for, uh, I guess, the Thanksgiving episode, which is pretty fun. So it's really four hours of you just talking about all the things you want. Uh, it's, it's actually, it got me thinking, man. Like, I really <laughs> haven't thought that much. He hasn't denied it. <laughs> I know. <laughs> well, it was the night before, you know, we said, okay, here's what we're going to start discussing. We're going to discuss. Okay, great. I'm like, you know what? I haven't thought of anything for Christmas because, yeah, I don't know. I just don't really even think I'm going to get anything, but... <laughs> Oh yeah. <laughs> you know, well, at what age does getting stuff at Christmas stop mattering? Never. You know, I'm this I'm this old now, so I mean, I'll deal with it, and it's like okay, whatever. But I've had some some pretty dumpy ones. 
but yeah, it's, it's always nice, man. When, yeah, don't get me wrong. Like uh, I love giving and stuff too, but it's always nice when someone's like, Hey, here's this awesome gift. They, oh dude. Like, you know, like you really thought about this. That's <laughs> so well spoken. Carlos, how you doing, man? I'm good, man. Uh, yeah. Canadians won last <laughs> last night, and uh, <laughs> we're talking hockey now. And uh, no, uh, very slow. I, I did. Uh, you know, it snowed here on Friday, so we did the um, uh, change the tires and uh, you know get the car uh, winter ready and. Uh, so yeah, but uh, yeah, very uh, went shopping today. But uh, I guess we could talk about that later. And uh, yeah, I uh, met up with a uh, with someone and uh, <laughs> just uh, completely uh, messed up uh, my whole existence. Which is uh, you know, it's par for the course. I, l- let's call it par for the course for this week. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I think I know what you're talking about. And dude, 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 what am I doing? Why, idiot? The, the default should just be, just go home. Just yes. go home. No, just go, no. whether it's two in the afternoon or two in the morning, the correct answer at this point is just go home. Uh, I figured I'd, uh, you know, stick my thumb in my mouth and then see where the wind is blowing. <laughs> and, it, and it took me the wrong way. Well, it's not, not the wrong way. It's just, it's something that, you know, something that shouldn't be done. Uh, well, I, you know, you... George Lucas educated us about this when he left the uh, the whole process during the early goings of The Force Awakens. You break up, you leave, you go straight home, you don't look back, it's over. <laughs> you, I, well, no I'll send dr- you the link. No drunken texts, <laughs> no popping in and stopping by no just dr- to say hi. No George Lucas because... booty calls. Yeah. <laughs> oh man, I just got a Michael Corleone once. Every time I think I'm out, they pull me back in. Hey, yeah. Uh, are you awake? Yeah. Are you awake over there? <laughs> hey, yeah. Uh, how are you? I was uh, just thinking about you. Why don't you grab some A and W and come over? <laughs> <laughs> get me, get me a root beer. Uh, you get yourself a mama burger. I'll get. You, <laughs> I'll get a papa burger. Oh, as well go for yeah. a soda. Kiko's mama taking notes. Kiko's taking notes for part two. <laughs> <laughs> wow i can't believe i filtered myself right there Woo! i know way from way up there in the upper atmosphere where the air is thin <laughs> oh, yeah Ugh, yeah i just banged i just banged my head on the mic stand i don't know if you guys heard that i did not i <sighs> just give away all my secrets wow well, this is, I don't know how this is going to go tonight. This sounds like it's <laughs> going to be quite special. Yeah, keep it together, Candido. Seriously. <laughs> let's uh, let's just get into our collecting update, shall we? Let's just let's. Can I go first? Can I go first? Can I go absolutely, first? Absolutely, please. Just let's ex- expedite this whole damn thing. <laughs> so I went to the mall today, and I don't know if you could hear that. I stopped at the Lego store, and uh, I got. Uh, Anakin's Jedi Starfighter and uh, Darth Vader Brickhead and Stormtrooper Brickhead and Boba Fett Brickhead. Oh my god. <laughs> and I got 
a, a what's this called? It's the uh, Santa Claus uh, bulb, the uh, decor, um, the uh, ornament, Lego ornament that comes in a little bulb. I got one of those, and I got uh, Rudolph the Red uh, Red Nose Reindeer one for for the tree. And uh, what else? Oh, I have uh, a Han Solo uh, Mud Trooper. So this is my second one. And uh, I know the guy at the store. So he threw in, uh, you know, when you. Uh, I know, I know a guy. <laughs> well, you know, when you spend 100 bucks and then you get like a certain price pack type of thing. Well, I didn't spend 100 bucks, but the guy knows me. So he actually threw it in the bag. Nice. <laughs> yeah. Like, oh, my God. Thanks, man. He goes, yeah, by the way, you're looking good. You lost a lot of weight since I saw you last time. I'm like, yeah, go F yourself. You know, you know what you should have said? Uh, you should have said, no. <laughs> no, I didn't. What are you talking about? Yeah, <laughs> I should have. But uh, so the reason, so I, I, this was a pretty big Lego haul. And um, they were giving away double points this weekend for VIP members, obviously. Sounds so, like a uh, yeah. game there. Oh, and uh, yeah, so I picked up uh, all this stuff. I got all double points, and uh, now I'm uh, I'm over fifty dollars in uh, VIP rewards. So I'm going to be getting something quite large in the next coming months. And um, I'm thinking a USC set. Ooh, yeah, an upcoming one, which or, one. Oh, you don't know. You don't know, or you don't want to say. Uh, well, okay. The uh, the snow speeder is is being retired soon, and the slave one uh, is always in low stock, and I think it might be retired soon. I already have the Y wing and uh, the smaller one, not the, not the US, uh, not the, the Ultimate Collector Series one. So I, I think I might wait till May the fourth to see what UCS set they're gonna they're gonna drop because they're more. More than likely going to drop something on on May the fourth, uh, and if I don't like that, then I am going to jump on the Slave One. Solid the US USC Slave One. Yeah, I think it's pretty sick. Yeah, it's it's, it's gorgeous, man. It's it's really really good, and um, but that all depends on what they drop on May the fourth. Because if they drop an A wing, a UCS A wing. I might have to get that. <laughs> yeah, it's pretty slick too. At a at a two fifty spot, like uh, you're talking almost two thousand pieces. Uh, I think that's um, yeah. I think that's what I'm gonna jump on if if that's what comes out on May the fourth. So I'm gonna I'm gonna probably wait for that, um, and I'm gonna wait for the next double points, uh, next double points day, and that's when I'm gonna jump on the um, the ATM six. From uh, uh, the Force Awakens, the, uh, the 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 Walkers. Yeah, yeah. From the Last Jedi, Carlos. Come on, come on. Get it together, man. <laughs> what, did I? What did I say? Force Awakens. I said oh, Force Awakens. I just oh, feel like okay, you're talking okay. in rewind. Corey, talk. I'm done. <laughs> okay. Five uh, minutes in. I got the. I got this. You're gonna like this, Carlos. I scored this awesome. 4k edition of infinity war this weekend some nice. dude just left it at uh, my parents place i picked it up so you, you know it's good because it's, it's got real 4k in it you know but 
Thanks, thanks for that, Kyle. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> uh huh. Yeah. Anyway, um, I picked up a Funko Pop. Picked me up another uh, Wizard. He's special enough. My Albus Dumbledore, the older version, not Hot Dumbledore. And uh, last one, you don't like this, Carlos? I finally grabbed it. The the best spin Han Solo for uh, the Black Series. It's sweet. Nice. Yeah, the face sculpt on it is really awesome, man. I have to say that, man. Like the the technology is getting better and better. And anyway, like this one is like really spot on. I was like actually kind of surprised. And I was happy to get my hands on that as well. I've seen quite a, quite a few new figures out there recently. It's nice to see some of them, like Afra as well. We spoke of that. I, I saw one on the pegs this week. Yeah, not me though. <laughs> I still have not seen a single vintage collection figure outside of the first wave in my general area. Nothing. That said, uh, a significant score this weekend. I got the third wave of the vintage collection, which uh, which you guys out there in, in Cornwall have been uh, looking out for for me. So that's uh, Luke. That's Jedi Master Luke from Acto, the Range Trooper from Solo, the aforementioned Afra and Cassian Andor. Which may, I guess, given the timing of last week's announcement, maybe may become a hotter property than anticipated. One can hope. But yeah, so I, I I've got like sixteen of those things now. Sneakily, That's awesome. Sneakily, they've just kind of piled up. But what's funny, like I've I have not bought a single one of them off a of peg. I mean, other people have picked. You got you guys did. You like you snagged them for me, but I personally have not bought a single one of these things in store. That's crazy. I know. I, I ordered the first wave uh, from Northmen Collectibles. The second wave, uh, I think, same story, that you scored them for me. Or, oh, yeah. Uh, I was still in that thunder. I was like, you sure? You need these, man? I'll pick them up for you. Just let me buy something. <laughs> yeah, I'll let you have that hit, hit of smack. So yeah. that that's cool. I, But yeah, I, I it's it sickens me. It makes me physically ill. That the distribution in my area is just so crappy, and so yeah, I got that. That was my pickup for the week, and also uh, the Hot Wheels Solo, Solo Millennium Falcon. I just love these little vehicles; they're so cool. And I almost grabbed the uh, the Imperial Interdictor Cruiser from Solo as well, uh, but uh, that, that that'll be for another time. Those things will surely go on liquidation at some point. But uh, one quick thing of news that crossed my radar on the week we learned about the next wave which i think well, i don't know if it's the next wave but it, it's it's a, it's an upcoming 2019 wave of vintage collection which will have yak face uh, a skiff guard clatu uh scarf troopers leia organa as in the uh, the bush disguise and another range trooper uh, i imagine it'll be just a, the same range trooper not a different one and that that's a that's a, a wave that leaves me kind of cold yeah, except for Boosh. Yeah. I mean, I'm going to, I guess I'm going to get them. I've com- kind of committed to this line, but there's not a lot there that makes me super excited outside of that Scarif Stormtrooper, which which is a great looking figure. So yeah, that's it. There's our collecting update for the week. I, I don't know if Michelle got anything, but she is preparing to uh, travel the world once again. So we go for another week without Michelle. And uh, I don't know. We'll we'll t- we'll touch in <laughs> here and there with her and see when she can join the pod again. 
But uh, hey, I, I, I just want to, before we move away from collecting, I just want to ask you guys, have you seen this? Cause, like, this is pretty much number one on my kids' list. I finally saw them in stores, not in Walmart. It was actually at Toys R Us. But these, you, there's, they're blasting them out commercials for this, probably about a 24-inch talking Chewbacca. Have you seen this thing on TV? It's like a plush toy that yeah, it's, talks. Yeah, it's not nearly that tall. It's, I'd say it, it's tops 15 inches tall. Anyhow. 129 bucks yeah it's ridiculously expensive give it some time ridiculous. though ridiculous that's, that's one of those things that will drop to like 39.99 on blowout oh, yeah but <laughs> you know it's they're getting you right before christmas when the kid's like oh talking chewy you see that it's like santa needs to know <laughs> yeah i mean it doesn't do a whole lot though i mean he, you poke his I little his cute little belly and he he bellows and growls at you but I think there's like 15 expressions or 20 or something. Yeah. But yeah. 129 bucks, man. It is 17 inches tall. If you must know. All right. Well, there's the collecting update for the week. So let's check out some news, which of, of which there is very, very little. But the two pieces of casting news coming out of The Mandalorian, uh, one of which is Pedro Pascal as once upon a time long ago reported by MSW, looks like they're going to be proven right. Um, so until Lucasfilm confirms it, we can do nothing but call it semi-official, but it looks like he's going to be the guy. So uh, does this catch anybody here off, off guard? No? Yeah. No. To, no. To me, it's been, it's been a official for a while already. Yeah. <laughs> I've been kind of running with this in my head the whole time. Now, now it's just one more, one, one close, one step closer to reality. But Carlos, do you know the guy's work at all? Uh, I know uh, uh, Diego Luna from Rogue One. Yeah, but we're not talking about him. <laughs> Jesus Christ! <clears throat> no. <laughs> so what I meant by that was. <laughs> I'm really looking forward to the Cassian series and I'm kind of like backdooring the Mandalorian right now. So anything, any news coming about the Mandalorian is like, uh, Oh, Pedro Pascal. Yeah. I heard that he's a character on a show. I don't watch. Great. Give me more Cassian news. Yeah. No, not <laughs> me, man. That's the way I'm feeling about it. But I mean, uh, I don't want to rain on anybody's parade. I think uh, people like it. So I'm with the people. I'm a man of the people. Well, yeah, the people like, are content. Sorry, go. That, well, no, no, I, I, I'm right there with you. I'm, I'm, I don't know this guy's work at all, but fandom seems to. Between Game of Thrones and Narcos, people were fist pumping all over Twitter when, when this news came out, just as they were when, when Jason at MSW first reported it. But, uh, yeah, I, if, if fandom is high fiving and saying this is a great ad for Star Wars, who the hell am I to say to say this is bad news, man? And not not only that, like I, I'm in the same boat too. Like I'm not exactly familiar with his body of work, but I, I'm, I've heard he's been on Game of Thrones, which is pretty awesome. But I mean, who like you said, question the fandom? <clears throat> who are we to question Lucasfilm? Like their casting choices, like everything they've done up to this point has been pretty spot on for me. So like I'm totally like they're at the helm. I'm just sitting back and loving it. So let them do what they're doing and. To me, it's just another, even from this perspective, like a, diversity-wise, it's a great choice. But also, you know, I'm not, all three of us, you know, we're, we're not familiar with this guy. And that, 
I love that in Star Wars. It's like you're not having someone that you like a say like a Ben Affleck coming into Justice League. Everyone's like, oh, it's Batfleck, you know, like we, we won't necessarily have that with this guy. Just I love it when they choose characters that are or actors that are just you know just outside the realm of like super popularity or whatever well, you want to call I it think, or stardom. I think we might be on the flip side of that. I think a lot of people. I mean, Game of Thrones. What's nothing is bigger than Game of Thrones, really. Tons. Of, I think we're in the minority of of nerddom of not knowing who this guy is. Well, I watch Narcos, so I do. I I kind of know who he is, but. It's not the same type of acting as as somebody who like from Game of Thrones or from you know some of these fantasy pieces. I think it's different. It's a different type of acting. So um, I mean, is he a good actor? I don't know. It's like anytime you talk about like criminals, mobsters, those types, it's a very specific type of role. So I don't see I don't see you know that lending well to Star Wars. Whereas the people who know him from Game of Thrones who are excited, I think lends it more to being a good hire for Star Wars, if you understand what I'm trying to say. I believe I do. Okay, cool. I'm out. (laughs) That makes sense, too, because, I mean, there's a lot of spillover, I'm sure, from, you know, the the fantasy aspect of Game of Thrones and Star Wars. I'm sure there's a a lot of shared fandom there as well. Oh, yeah. there's, There's also a lot of shared cast and crew now. The overlap mm. between the two shows, Gwendolyn Christie, just I mean, I, I'm gonna I'm gonna get you know I'm gonna freeze here, but I there, there's so many names from Game of Thrones that have have appeared in Star Wars, and now you have the, the Game of Thrones guys writing, which they should be I think they're starting that fairly soon if I'm not mistaken, so yeah, lots of crossover b- between the two properties. But uh, Jeff Metal Mando he added this, so if if you want an opinion of, of someone close to home. He said, I'm a big throner. Is that what Game of Thrones are called? I'm a big throner, second to me behind my love for the wars. And he absolutely killed his character. One of my favorites on the Game of Thrones series. I actually yelled out a hell yeah when I first heard the news. He is 100% my first choice to play this role. So I'm sold. That is that is good enough for me. And he, yeah. he looks the role too. Like He looks like he could totally slide right in there into, into like... A gunslinger on the edges of the galaxy, you know, in a really rough setting. So I'm down. Yeah. Uh, and also, uh, a very muted reaction from fandom on this one: Gina Carano joining the cast cast of The Mandalorian. And so, did this? How did this one grab you guys? Well, this one for me, I, I think I'm on the same page as uh, as our uh, our good friend uh, James. M. O'Flaherty, who, um, I mean, look, Gina Carano is a fantastic actress. Everybody knows it. And I think she's going to kill it. And she was definitely not hired just to be an action hero. (laughs) Okay, then. That's exactly what James said. Yes. And I'm in complete (laughs) agreement with what James said. Wow. Um, okay, I'm gonna let, just let that go. <laughs> uh, no, I think it's cool, man. I think it's good. Um, look, <clears throat> they hide. <sighs> they, they they have budget for casting. 
They're not scraping the bottom of the barrel. If they hired Gina Carano, it's because they believe that Gina Carano can do the role. Of course. That, that's, that's the way I look at it. Okay? So whether she's been in movies before that accentuated her, her skill as an actress, that's probably, that's probably a stretch. And I would agree with that uh, because she comes from MMA and because she's uh, more of a, an action star as opposed to a dramatic actress. A thespian. Yes. This is Star Wars, people. Star Wars. <laughs> the, remember? The, the, the franchise noted for its great acting over the years. Not only that, re- remember when Luke and Leia run up to the, they're in the Death Star and they're running away and then there's like a little bridge and, the, but the bri- they he blasted the bridge and, and he couldn't get across. So he reached into his, his little utility belt and for some reason had a grappling hook and then threw that around. This is Star Wars. <laughs> okay. <laughs> like we love it, but it's not always. It's not Oscar, <laughs> you know. It's not. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Nobody's nobody's sitting here saying that you know, Star Wars should be getting all the best actors to put on all the best performances to win all the Oscars. Yeah. Well, look, and that, that's why I see. I think these people know what they're doing now. Like, um, you could say what you want about uh, Episode Eight or Episode Seven or or Han Solo, all the trouble they had with Han Solo. Uh, which, I mean, even by that metric, I think it's, I, st- I still think it's a very, fairly successful movie. So, you know, they know what they're doing. What they're doing when it comes to casting. Is there anybody? Uh, I mean, besides a small subsection of fans who who didn't like the Kelly Marie Tran hiring, but besides that, I mean, could you really fault the casting for any of the actors that they've hired in any project? I don't know. I don't think I can. No. So I'm going to give them a little bit of the benefit of the doubt when it comes to Gina Carano because she's known for doing a thing. If they hired her, I think it's, they it's hired to do her that to thing. do that thing. Yeah. yeah. Corey, you have a take on this? Yeah, I'm kind of right there. In, well, not exactly. But uh, she is, like you said, an ex-MMA fighter. So I think it's safe to assume that they're probably going to want to exploit that in a way, uh, like she can hold her own. She looks like a tough cookie. She, again, my comment is really that she didn't have much to say in Deadpool, which is fine. I mean, that was a while ago. She potentially could have grown since then. I mean, some people take to acting naturally. And to be honest, I think she has a really awesome smile. I think she's a beautiful woman. And if you really, really look at her, uh, the photo that was in the article, it, I almost said right away, like, oh, my God, it would almost she almost feels like a a relative to Tamora Morrison. I was going to say the same thing. So that would be cool if that was like if she was like a, I don't know, a clone's granddaughter or something, you know. Oh, my God. You just blew my mind. That would be pretty cool. But uh, yeah, I'm on the same page again. I just mentioned it before. The the casting calls on this, like they ain't playing, man. (laughs) Like they're not taking this stuff all willy nilly. You know what I mean? Like, there's, really? they're going to be, I mean, I, granted, I don't think she's going to have the most extensive role, but uh, I trust them. And they've obviously had meetings and stuff with her. Like, she, she's probably confident in it. Like, she believes she can do it. And they're going to walk her through the steps. It's going to be awesome. 
Well, I mean, she's not going to be giving any like three minute monologues, right? She's going to be. Assume her not. role is going to be one of very few words, and then punching people. That's the way I see it, and I, I'm to, I'm like like Carlos said, benefit of the doubt. They've every pretty much every casting they've done, you know, since 2015, to me has been great. Like I have bought into every character, in terms of who is portraying that character. You know, so I I I don't have any any reason to complain about that. Uh, yeah. So if, if they've carved out a role for her that matches up to her strengths, then I would say this is a good casting. You know, don't go. Don't go hiring a good actor. If it's an action-heavy role, get someone who can do the act, the, the action, and then worry about the rest. You know what I mean? So that makes sense. It's like, just set yourself up to succeed. Get people who are good at certain things, and then work around that. Don't like get someone who's good at something else, and then hope you can teach them to be uh, to add another component to their skill set. So anyway, uh, like I said, very muted reaction across fandom on that one i don't know if it was something that's sort of slipped by the radar or if people were just like let's just smile and nod on this one guys Sriva, next let's go <laughs> well i liked it again <laughs> what are you eating me yeah it sounds like you're chewing on something no man it's carlos <laughs> he's not no. even talking carlos eating he's he's eating broccoli <laughs> no that was before <clears throat> uh, all right, let's put that aside, and <laughs> we'll, we'll hit this topic that I've kind of bounced down the road a little bit here. I've been hanging on to this one for a couple weeks, and I think now is as good a time as any to do it, since we're not getting any really good news. You know, they're continuing to stymie us on the news front last week, notwithstanding. But this is maybe a bit, a bit, a bit of fun that we'll have here. So. Uh, lately, John Boyega has said something, as has Richard E. Grant. They've both been in the news to a certain degree. And I want to ask you guys, uh, which possible clue that these guys have left, uh, which possible clue to these potential spoilers are you putting more stock in? Like, and which which one has, has you more excited? All right, so uh, let, I'll set the stage. So let, So we'll revisit each rumor here. So while on this on the Happy Sad Confused podcast, Richard E. Grant spoke about getting a ten-page generic audition script with an interrogation scene that sounded like something out of nineteen forties B movie stuff, like dialogue. He he said dialogue that his grandfather would have used. So he he recorded himself, sent off the tape, waited, and then got a uh, an in-person call in, and then he got he went in. He met J.J. Abrams who was with Daisy Ridley. So the rumor machine is now suggesting that Grant, Grant's character must be heavily connected to Ray's if she was there to audition, if they were there to bounce off of, of each other. So that's one rumor. And the other is uh, surrounding Finn. And it stems from a tweet that jo John Boyega sent out in reply to a fan. So uh, this fan said, hopefully my man at John Boyega will truly shine in nine and the Finn character will be shown as the badass hero I've been waiting for him to be since seven, and hopefully he'll wield a saber again. To which John John Boyega said, "We got you in this one, bro. Trust me. Trust in caps, all caps." 
So Corey, which of those two has you more stoked? Which one? First of all, which one are you putting more stuff? Which, which one is more uh, valid to you? The more valid take, I think, for me is the first one um, with Grant. I don't know. There's something about his audition tapes and all that. Uh, really points to something a little more s- secure. But like, firstly, I just want to say like his awe about meeting those two. And I don't necessarily think that I think I would see Daisy more as an ambassador of Star Wars with JJ. I don't necessarily mean think it's going to mean that they're filming together. But I think his audition tape uh, alluded to an interrogation. And I also like the fact that he used 40s B picture. Which I thought that was kind of neat. Like the cheesiness of like Flash Gordon or whatever, you know. Uh, but it, to me, that I put more stock in the fact that this is not going to be a surprise to me if this guy ends up being some kind of first order officer of some type. Yeah, I mean, that's that's sort of the go to. He's a British guy. He's old. He must be evil. He must work for the bad guys. But I think the audition tape with the interrogation kind of alludes to that as well. What do you think? Do you really think, though, that the content of the uh, the, the script no, ports I think over he... to what he's doing in the movie? No, I don't think well, so. I, I, th- I think it points – like I think they would have sent him something that wasn't the script, but it kind of – they wanted him to uh, have the certain impression of something, you know, like – to point him in the right direction, more or less. I think it's more subplot. I think it's more a continuation from from what could have possibly happened in 8, as opposed to his role in 9, per se. How do you mean? If, if, what I mean is, there, for, for his audition and, and for, for that stuff, I, I think they're using... Um, probably maybe a, a scrap scene from eight or, or something in that, in that realm. Right. Because Ray actually finds herself on Snoke ship. So maybe there's a scene in there before Kylo brings her to Snoke where, you know, she's, well, he, she's he interrogated. Said, he says in the article that he, he got this like thing to, to read or whatever. That was like 10 pages of, like basically this interrogation or whatever. And he just went through his like three emotions of acting, like the three core tenets of, of acting. And that's how he went about it. But to me, it's the interrogation thing that they kind of wanted him in a certain mindset. You know what I mean? At least that like get, get him in the military. Yeah. I'd mindset. be surprised if there's an interrogation in this movie. Like I, I'd be surprised if, if what they gave him makes I don't think what they gave him makes the movie. So so my answer to the question is I think there's more credence into what John Boyega tweeted uh, as far as what we're going to get in episode nine. I as, Yeah, I, I agree with that it's simply because, well, of course, you know, of course, Finn is going to have a bunch of action in nine. So that, yeah, that's for me, that's a pretty easy answer because I have no clue what what Richard E. Grant is, is going to be up to. Nothing. I got nothing. Just nothing. And so, yeah, when he says, trust me, one, the, the cynical answer is, well, what do you think he's going to say? Oh, man, dude, like, I've been actually doing nothing but eating Doritos, getting fat over here. He's not going to say that. So, he's of course, he's going to say, yeah, dude, like, it, trust me, this, this is going to be awesome. But he also, he said something similar uh, in the lead up to The Last Jedi. 
He he posted an Instagram picture of himself at the gym, and you know you saw his back muscles and like, dude was getting pretty jacked. And someone said something to him, and he said, "Oh yeah, Finn's not playing around in episode eight. Was that? I mean, could we say that was maybe a little bit hyperbolic? Yes. Yeah, I think so. So could he just be being hyperbolic again? That's that's kind of why I'm not taking as much stock into that, and especially the whole lightsaber thing. If that's the angle you're taking, because to me, that's I'll put some stock in it. Yes, I agree. He will be kicking ass in this film. Uh, but the tantalizing aspect is the lightsabers. Like, I, I think it's it's clear that he's going to be a badass. Like, I want to see him live up to the legend that he's become overnight. You know, when Rose meets him, like, oh my god, you're Finn. You know, like. You were you were hanging with the heavy hitters, you know what I mean? And he's up there, so let's he's gotta take responsibility of that and like like run with it. You know what I mean? So I hope he lives up to that aspect. But the lightsaber thing, that's where I'm not taking so much credence in this. You know what I mean? Like first of all, <laughs> raises ra- one raises, functional saber to go around that we yeah, know. It's about. not even functional. It's not even funny, it's broken. Kylo's. Oh yeah, that one. Okay. That's it. And Luke's is somewhere. Luke's green is somewhere on Act, Acto. And Kylo's is still like, it's like eighty percent. Yeah, still never filled, yeah. figured that out fully. It's it's got a crack crystal in there to begin with. So there's there's yeah four fifths of a functioning lightsaber, and one hidden one somewhere that we know about. So yeah, that's so, that's, that's yeah. But she has the manuals. Like she could make one. Oh yeah, th- yeah. All right. Page ten. Lightsaber making. Yes. Exactly. She needs a kyber crystal. Yeah, just but a that, small that, matter of a kyber crystal. Well, what do you guys I, make of that? So that that's also, like, I guess we can slip this in here. What do you guys make of that? Like, we, we've seen I'm the, totally, the prop, like, like the crystal inside the lightsaber is, not, is shattered. It's broken. Does that matter to you? Or do you, does that make the, the crystal two kyber crystals to work with? Or is it, yeah, it's broken? No, it's two. If, if you have a big diamond and you're, you're cutting the diamond and it cracks in half, you now have two diamonds. <laughs> I think you get a similar effect to Kylo now. Maybe. These, I mean, these crystals... if it's, if it's not, if there's no integrity, like if, if the, if the, one of the pieces, uh, still has a, a, a fissure in it, then yeah, then I believe it would be cracked. Uh, and you'd get more of a, of a Kylo snap, crackle, pop lightsaber. Um, but if both pieces broke, uh, equally on on a just on, on a regular line, then you now have two crystals. That's I think it's. Uh, I mean, I'm not an expert in uh, in geology, but I I believe that uh, that's uh, that's the way it works. Well, I don't think we don't know how copper crystals work in general, but uh, what we know is even- that. The strongest heart, the strongest stars have hearts of Kyber. That's yeah, all that I was know. good. That classic. But even I think it was Matt Martin went out there and said something, or it could have been Pablo, but I don't think Pablo's like doing that too much anymore. But Matt Martin said something like it was just a prop. It doesn't necessarily mean the final cut was like that in the movie. So we're gonna have to pay attention to that next time you watch the movie. But again, uh, I kind of like it because I personally believe that. Ray's staff training is going to come through here, man. Like, she's going to have a new saber, man. She's not repairing that Skywalker saber. Oh, you think she's using both halves to make two two lightsabers? To have a, a double-bladed lightsaber? 
It's possible. It's very. I like possible. that idea. You, oh, you sly bugger, you. And it's gonna be a, uh, it's gonna be a different saber. And plus, we've seen her stunt double extensively training with this staff, like, like wild, like this this short clip of of her stunt double just like manipulating this thing. Like, this is recent uh, footage. No, it was probably about uh, six months ago. But whatever, training practice makes perfect. Like she was moving fast, bro, like Jedi fast, which makes me think, you know, she's just been practicing for the day. But one aspect to pit, well, this kind of just popped in my head. It's kind of stupid, actually. But imagine like Ray talking about balance and stuff like one end could be red, one end can be blue, man. But uh, obviously, I don't think that's going to happen. But she kind of just popped in there. I, I, but I definitely so- think she's Go ahead, the Corey. staff, man. Oh, she, she, she definitely has. I think she's going to have a staff in the next one. Dual bladed stuff. Oh, I hope not. I just, I know that I'm a stick in the mud on that kind of thing, but I, I don't like the gimmicky lightsabers, the the double sided ones, or I just, I just want my. Why do they have to be so standard. Come on, man. There's. Oh, come on. I get you an inquisitor style like that. I can, I can pass on. Like, do you do you think you're gonna get into like take the Lord of the Rings series for example? Do you think they're going to give Aragorn, like, a double-sided sword? No, he's going to get a sword. And everybody else is going to have a sword or an axe. Or, but it's not, it's not going to be like this, a double-sided axe? How cool! You know what I mean? Like, just keep it simple. It I worked. I don't know, man. It worked. It worked through the OT. We just saw lightsabers. The, Maul's the, lightsaber was pretty sweet, man, when we saw it. That was a big reveal to me. Use that. Use that judiciously, though. Yeah, why not? I mean, it doesn't not fit Ray's personality. So, I mean, since the Force Awakens, she's been using that staff. Like, it just seems to fit her, and now she has to become her own instead of using a Skywalker thing. Like, what works for Ray? Yeah, like I'm not you know what I mean? closed off to it. It's just I, I don't want some just I don't want it to be just like this thing where it's like clearly gimmicky. Oh, I don't think it, the staff is not gimmicky to me personally, just because, again, I think we've seen it prominently throughout all the films and she seems comfortable with it. And again, it's like a, it differentiates her, like, like she's going to do what she needs to do, not because the Jedi said to do this or whatever, you know, like, uh, she's going to interpret those books possibly in a different light, you know? Well, I think she, I think she will, if assuming she knows how to read them. She's got all she needs. That's, that's what they say. Uh, anyway, swinging it back over to Richard E. Grant, I, I can't put a whole lot of stock into what he said at all. Really, like, I mean, he read that audition tape, and then he went in and met with Abrams and Daisy Ridley, and maybe that does mean something. But to me, it just means, like, they needed someone for to read lines off of. Maybe Daisy happened to be available. You know, and so she did it. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like it doesn't have to be like, well, let's get Ray because this guy has. Well, I don't even think. It, I don't. Even, I don't even think it. Like what I read. Like I don't think they necessarily had to read lines. Like uh, I think he came there and <clears throat> he was. Uh, this is one of the big takeaways: is that he seemed so in awe of being there <clears throat> and being offered the role, and he was like, "Oh my god! Like I can't believe this is happening!" Like he doesn't even remember half of what happened, you know, or what they said. So I think that's gonna bode well for his. His acting chops in this film as well. I think so. I mean, the guys are, these are professionals, right? But yeah, still he was in, he was like shocked, which is, I don't know. It's a good sign. 
It absolutely is. All right, so let's let's go around the horn here quickly. Corey, you're who's which which rumor has you more excited? The possibility anything with lightsabers got me excited. Like I think he could be I want to see more than one in this film. So I'm going to go with that route and I think Finn will be a badass and yeah, I'm more excited for the uh, for Finn. The action. The action of the lightsaber. Le... Carlos, you're more excited over Richard E. Grant or John Boyega? Uh, John Boyega, for sure. Yeah, let's make it a clean sweep. His his words, though pretty predictable and maybe hyperbolic. I'm excited for Finn to see what's going on here. And, and I'm not even excited because of the lightsaber thing. I'm excited by his level of excitement. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, because I, I don't. I'm not. I, he doesn't say, "Oh, you want lightsabers? You're gonna get lightsabers." You know what I mean? He doesn't really come out and confirm it, per se. He, he kind of glosses over the whole thing. Like he could have, you know, uh, tweeted back the exact same thing, even if the guy didn't write lightsabers. So yeah, tr- trust know, me, I, could I, be anything, right? Just yeah, trust, trust me, could... me, Finn is gonna be a hero type of thing. Trust me, this movie is gonna be is gonna blow your mind with action. It doesn't yeah, mean exactly. anything in terms of him carrying around a lightsaber. And I don't, I don't like, I don't mind the idea of him wheeling the lightsaber, considering how he handled it in the Force Awakens. Yeah, so, he, he, yeah, he definitely was halfway competent with it. Yeah, I'll even say that. Yeah, absolutely. Okay, guys, uh, you guys out there, what do you think, Richard E. Grant, John Boyega, weigh in. All right, let's take a quick little break here, and we'll hear from uh, Devin with Outer Rim Originals one more time, and then we will jump into a couple of questions to end the show. Hey, Tumbling Saber listeners, I hope you're enjoying this great podcast. This is Devin Kleffer from Outer Rim Originals, your online source for limited edition Star Wars artwork from officially licensed Disney and Topps artists. Each Outer Rim Originals artwork has the industry's lowest run of only 45 prints. All limited edition pieces from Outer Rim Originals are printed on archival quality Z-Clay paper, are hand-numbered, signed by the artist, and include a certificate of authenticity from Outer Rim Originals. And because you're a listener of this podcast, Outer Rim Originals is offering you the opportunity to purchase a limited edition signed print with 10% off of your order. Simply head to OuterRimOriginals.com and enter the discount code TumblingSaber, the number 10. That's TumblingSaber, number 10. Then get ready to be the envy of the galaxy with a limited edition signed print from Outer Rim Originals. Remember, OuterRimOriginals.com, discount code TumblingSaber10. That's OuterRimOriginals.com, TumblingSaber10. Now, back to the podcast. All right, guys, we have this thing going on now. And it's, I guess, we're going to call it loosely for now, the Knights of the Commonwealth Question of the Month. The idea here is that one of our vaunted knights will put a, uh, a question to us and all the podcast, any participating podcast from the Commonwealth will answer this question over the course of a given month. So for November, Mr. Grabs Granite has his question in. And I think the guy, yeah, the guys at TSW did it last week. And you'll, if you listen to enough Commonwealth shows, you will hear this question answered uh, more frequently as November rolls on. Uh, and so Grabs question is this. With Star Wars Episode Nine a little over a year away, every Star Wars fan is in full speculation mode. We all have things we'd love to see in the final installment, but I see a huge focus on things we don't want to see. Raylo, Force Ghost Jamborees, The Salvation of Ben Solo. These are just a couple of the major please don'ts of Episode Nine. My question is, 
Looking back at the OT and the prequels, what were some of the please don'ts of their final installments that both made it into the film and didn't make it? Which scenes do you think were not wanted by the general audience, but now years later are beloved? Finally, do you think it's possible to have any of the please don'ts be in episode 9 and have it change your mind if it's done correctly? So that is from Grabs. Thank you, Grabs, for that awesome question. This this is a big one, man. And I, yep. I, I feel like I'm partly to blame or almost wholly to blame for the please don'ts. Yep. <laughs> Am I being too rigid? <laughs> uh, yeah, so fun. the question, this breaks down into three questions. So, Carlos, I'll come to you first on this one. What were some of the please don'ts of their final installments. So we're talking Revenge of the Sith and Return of the Jedi. Some please don'ts that made it into the film and didn't make it. I don't know. I, I When uh, Revenge of the Sith... Uh, before Revenge of the Sith came out, I don't think I, I did that. I, I don't think I said, oh, I don't want to see this. I don't want to see that. I, I was more along the line of we need we are going to see this and we need to see this as opposed to please don't. I think we're in a different era right now. Like where it's like, yeah, I know know. exactly where you're going and I completely agree. (laughs) So I I don't know. I, I did, I didn't have that. And obviously for Jedi, I was, uh, I was four, three years old or four years old. Like I, I I didn't have any of those. Please don'ts. I have, I wish you didn't. (laughs) <laughs> years later yeah exactly i have those uh so i wish you didn't uh from from the prequels obviously we've we've said this over and over it's just the the way they handled the anakin no uh the sorry the darth vader no at the end of Re- Re- revenge of the sith kind of gave you that little that little vomit taste at the back of your throat <laughs> And uh, <laughs> so there was that. And then in Jedi, I mean, oh, my God, I can go. I wish you didn't. George ruined them in 1997. And uh, I, there's so many. Se- How does Leia get that long dress after Wicked takes her back to the Ewok? Wait, w- did they eat a human yes. woman with a yes. long dress? And- of course. There's no other way. They don't have. There's no Ewok seamstress. Yeah. Lies. Seamstress. No. They don't have fabric ready to fit a human. They ate somebody and gave it to Leia. No, they, they were very efficient workers. No, they, they are absolutely. Like, they were about to eat the rebels. Seriously. There's no mm-hmm. question about this. They were going to do it. So this was uh, their first. That was their first rodeo with eating human. Okay, I don't think so. If, if the gloves don't fit. You can't convict. They what? were going to cook those guys with... Actually, if the glove don't fit, you must acquit. Oh, yeah. There you go. <laughs> yeah, they were going to cook them all with their clothes on. So, like, why would they take this girl's clothes off to, to cook her? Well, they maybe, made that maybe, shit. Maybe she took it off. They made it. Custom. Custom Ewok. <laughs> I hear, I hear there's some legend stories about Chief Chirpa that would make your jaw drop. I don't doubt it. Those f- full moons on Endor must be nuts. Oh, this is getting racy. You ever, 
You ever had a little sip of Ewok peyote? Woo! <laughs> Man. You see the size of the mushrooms that grow up those trees. You wake up on the other side of the moon of Endor, and you are completely <laughs> bewildered as to why you're there. Yeah, no, Carlos, I'm right with you, there with you. Like, I don't think the previous trilogies had those please do and don'ts. Like, I'm sure they did in, in pockets, but not to the scale that we have now. And I, I think specifically with Revenge of the Sith, because that's when I was actually old enough to potentially have those kinds of lists. Like, we, I think we were so fixated on events that we knew were going to happen. So, like, Anakin's fall and uh, the rise of the Empire and Anakin versus Obi-Wan on uh, by a volcano or near lava. We, we didn't know exactly how it would play out, but we knew the, the, the bones of it. We just We were just so hotly anticipating those things playing out that I didn't have any... I didn't have any sort of, oh, they better not do this to this character or have this plot point. I, I really didn't. And I, I didn't see fandom doing that either. Corey, did did you see anything? Well, I'm going to uh, go with what Carlos said with the whole no thing. Like That was a bit of a cringy moment for me. That was, that's a please don't still to this day. Uh, the Joe Wowza thing. Very oh, cringy. Yeah. Well, yeah, the, not, the Jedi rocks. That's it. That was a conscious decision, man. <laughs> and yeah, just cringe. I cringe sometimes, you know, like I, if I want to introduce someone to Star Wars, I almost like feel embarrassed when that scene comes on. Sadly. Yes. I but, agree. <laughs> but things like the second part of this question, the things that didn't happen, like, again, you guys said we weren't really of age, you know, I'm born in 81. So I wasn't all that old when it came out, but there was, two things that I could think of off the top of my head. And one was that Luke, it was like a 50, 50 thing, man, where Lucas wasn't sure if Luke was going to go dark at the end. Like that would have sucked. Luckily that didn't happen. No, Luke, Lucas was always resolute about Luke being good. It was, it was Mark Hamill who wanted Luke to go bad. Exactly. No, but, but supposedly there was a version of the script where he proclaimed at the end that he was Darth Vader now. But I think I'm. I think that was Hamill's thing. Yeah, I was. It wasn't. It wasn't a draft or anything like that, Corey. It was actually an idea that Mark Hamill had. I'm not going to take your word for it. Don't you don't have to. Research. Maybe you're okay. right, Corey. But I, I have heard Mark Hamill say like he thought it'd be cool if if uh, you know Luke kind of pulled up with like a mohawk and an earring and he grabbed Darth Vader's mask and put it on and he became the bad guy. And Lucas was just like, no, <laughs> that's that's not at all how this works. Anyhow, there was another thing too, like the whole, they were trying to, ha uh, they didn't know how to handle everything with Harrison Ford, like he wanted to die. And so the carbonite freezing was kind of like, it kind of put things on ice, like they could have either written the character off or kept him on board. Luckily they did. Yeah, like, okay, how about this? So at the end of Empire, we've got like the biggest reveal in perhaps cinema history of I am, I am your father. So I think you had fandom maybe debating like, Oh, please don't make it true. Like, I don't think, I think people like Luke, I mean, Luke's horrified reaction that that evil is part of me. I think, I think fans didn't want that to be true. And they were convinced that maybe Vader was lying. So I think maybe that could have been a, a, a please don't. I don't yeah, but that, think that, that falls so. more into I think that falls more into part two of his question where things that were hated then and now beloved. 
Yeah, it can be both. That can be, yeah, that can be both. I don't know. Like, I, I, I don't know. I, but I, I, feel, like, I know that was one of the things for sure that fans debated. Is it true? Is it not true? So for, you would have had very strong opinions on both sides. Yes, Vader is Luke's father. And no way, Luke, Vader is just trying to torture, torment, lure Luke. You know, take your pick. But if I can, if I can, I don't think anybody said, if it's true, I'm out. Hmm, probably not. Probably no. Yeah, I, I can. I, I'll go out on that limb and say I don't think anybody said this is a recent phenomenon where people feel I, entitled enough to. If this I, happens, I am boycotting. Yeah. Yes. This this is a recent phenomenon, and I I this, think it's anything in the last ten. I think it's the last ten years. Well, I think it it could only be now because these movies have been around for forty years, and because people at least think they know them so well. Like you grew up with them, and you've been watching them hundreds of times over decades. You think you know what's coming, or you think you should know because I'm a huge fan, and I I know these movies intimately. Therefore, I can tell you what happens next. And so I guess if you if the if the movies go away from those predictions you almost feel betrayed or or maybe embarrassed. And so you I yeah, so you you walk away from it. I think that could only happen now. But that's a good it is a good point, Carlos. I try I, sometimes. Yeah, it's I I don't think yeah, I I think you're totally right. That was not a thing that happened back then. Of course there's outliers. I'm sure somebody somewhere would have done it but overall as a, as a sentiment or a movement i don't i don't think you would have seen a group of people going if vader is actually his father we boycott no way uh what about uh please don't make another death star or or is that another thing that could only happen now that we've had essentially three death stars i don't think they even thought of it i think them constructing a new death star was like, oh wow, cool. Yeah, I wonder. I'm I'm curious. Like, I remember my first reaction when another Death Star. Oh no! Not like, yeah, oh, really? Like that's lack of creativity. Way to mail it in, guys. No, <laughs> the, the the one who mailed it in was JJ with Starkiller. That's base. it. Like that. That's why this to me is an answer to question two, where hated then and beloved now. Not necessarily like Starkiller, but the second Death Star, like, who knows? Maybe people, the internet wasn't around. When we saw Star- Starkiller, where a lot of people kind of like, ah, like, really? And it could have been like that back in 83. We just have no idea. There was no way of so much, like, transmitting that in a way. Total rehash. But, like, when we saw it, you get Nia Numb and Lando piloting the Falcon wedge right up in that. Boom. Like, it's the bomb. Like, it's so cool when you see it for the first time like that. But... Yeah, man. Maybe some some older people like our age now were like, "Oh, what a what a what a crappy rehash," you know? Yeah, I mean, obviously it's way bigger, it's way more powerful, and shows the might yeah, of the first I, I order. Don't, but but just... I, I don't think it's a rehash, though, right? Like it, from Jedi's from from the standpoint of Jedi, it's the third movie. You had one Death Star, okay? And the Empire Strikes Back. The, the the fleet is is uh, chasing, trying to find Luke Skywalker. He eludes them, and but secretly the Emperor is building another Death Star. I think that's 
it's not like oh let's bigger faster better whatever like i don't i don't it's, a, it's it... a simple plot device that's that's kind of what people like like are, are harking on i think you know it's just it's it's e- it's the easy out it's the easy out you think i don't know i think it, the the emperor uh uses that on purpose and has it look half finished when in reality it's ready and i i think it's smarter than what people give credit for when when you have when you have 40 years to scrutinize something <laughs> and you could say it oh the only thing you come up with is oh that was a bad rehash no he had to write that script like i don't know how much time he had to write that script and i think it was i think it was well done that's something that I uh, when when I first remember seeing the movie and seeing that that star, thinking, "Wow, man! It's like it's uh, first of all, it looked so cool, like half finished." Yeah, for sure. And it it was it, it makes sense too from a military standpoint. Like, yeah, yes. okay, like the the one that's done is done, but yes, we had number two in the works that's even bigger and better. It's like as kid again as, as kids we bought into it, but again to me like. People, like movie critics and stuff would have been like simple rehash of a plot device. Rah, 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 like, and I can see that point of view as well. But it worked for me. Don't get me wrong. Like Jedi is one of my. It's up there, man. Yeah. No, no. see, Jedi is not not high on. Sorry, Kyle. Uh, Jedi is not is not high on my list. Um, but it's not because they had a second Death Star. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like that's not the problem with the movie. In my, in my opinion. Yeah, I mean, yeah, it's a, it's it's for another time. But a, yeah, Jedi's on the second half of my list as well, and it's it's be, it's quite simply because of the of the first forty five minutes on Tatooine. It's just it's too slow, it's too long. Yeah. The, re- the rest, I'm I'm like once we get the third act battle started, love it. It's some of the best Star Wars we have. Oh yeah, yeah, that, I'm one hundred percent on board with that. But it just it takes once, so long to get once, there. Once Luke surrenders to the Empire. Like at that point, it's like okay, attach that sick. Well, yeah, that, right? that conversation <laughs> between Luke and Vader now, when right when Luke turns himself in, that conversation between Anakin or Luke and Vader now is is so good, so much more powerful. Yeah, but yeah. Anyway, keeping it on track. Uh, what what else you got? Corey? How about this? How about this for hated then beloved now? Again, we don't know, but. I can assume possibly there was a faction or portion of fandom that was kind of like, are you kidding me about Luke and Leia being space twins? Like that, a lot of people probably said, oh, they're just trying to top that Vader moment. This is crap. Like, doesn't make any sense. They're making out. And still to this day, we kind of hark on the fact that they made out and stuff. Like George Lucas didn't know what he wanted. That's one well, of the things, like, that. you know, when people say, like, oh, this new trilogy is is, is disjointed and one one film doesn't connect to the other. I go, neither did the OT. Unless you think George Lucas is a very disturbed man who habitually gets his siblings making out. Like, he had no clue. He was always changing his mind and making stuff up on the fly and editing stuff last minute and cha- script changes. All that stuff. Like, the, the OT isn't as uh, well thought out. As you might think, of course it works, but there were a lot of moving parts, and you see that. Yeah, it's it's alive, man. But again, if people hated that, then 
I would hope they have grown to love it now if they're fans. Like the relationship those two have. Well, I think in... people just kind of people cringe. They brothers and sister kissing. Ew. But then you just you you move on. <laughs> you just get over that really quick. That is yep. I, I don't know. I would have I, I look at it now and I, is it beloved to me? No, I think it's failed in its execution to to to, to make a um, that wasn't Carrie's best performance. It wasn't written well for her. Uh, you know, oh, if you could, if he could feel you, then leave this place. And, oh, Mark, oh. Mark Mark Hamill's the only one that turns in an honest performance. Yeah, I would. Yeah, I would. I would have to agree with that. I think everybody else just wanted this done. They're all so high. Come on. <laughs> it was the 80s, Corey. I can yep. relate. <laughs> well, okay. How about this for Revenge of the Sith? So I, I don't know how you guys feel about seeing Yoda fight in Attack of the Clones. I never liked it. Seeing Yoda fight with a lightsaber. Uh, Robin Brad hit on this in last week's TSW. Like I, I thought, like we learned early on that Yoda would be fighting with a lightsaber. And I, I thought it was a bad idea. And then we saw it, and I was like, ugh. Like, it just, it looks dumb to me. It looks like it doesn't make sense. But, of course, it's, you know, it's emblematic of the fall of the Jedi, where even their top dog fell into Palpatine's trap and, and got into the whole fight. Like, but I, I just don't like the look of it on screen. I would have been okay if if Yoda just used Force powers. That At least then I could have been happy with it. But the lightsaber thing... I can't reconcile it in my head. And so, what so, about what about live in theater? Can I ask you that? Because honestly, like what, I didn't like it. Really, when he opens his robe and like force pulls his saber uh, into his hand, I thought it was cheesy. It was, but it was kind of like you're smiling. Like I know, Please. I know Star Wars is cheesy. It's uh, it's supposed to be pulpy and cheesy, but I thought that was just. I did not like anything about that. Like after, like so you see Yoda's shadow come in, right? And you're like, oh snap! Like it's about to happen. From that second forward, everything that happens beyond that was it just didn't work. I mean, the, the force power stuff, tossing stuff at each other. Okay, fine. Use your force uh, knowledge of the force. But once the lightsaber came out, I was like, ugh. But Dooku called it, man. He's <laughs> what does he say? He's like. Seems all knowledge of the force. <laughs> yeah, of course. Whatever you know. Yeah, so he's, yeah he's, sabers, he's, yo. Here's the dialogue, so we can get to this awesome thing we I think you guys want. And some yeah. people love it. I I personally do not. And power to you if you love it. I just I can't. I what if I what it. if he fought in a different way? Would that have changed things? If he wasn't all jumping like. <laughs> <laughs> Look, uh, Yoda has an advantage where he could just cut people's legs off. I know. Yeah, he should be a little more ruthless. But I I would have to say that this wasn't a please don't, but the moment did grow on me. From like Attack of I the saw, Clones? From Attack of the Clones. It did grow on me. So, I like it when Anakin gets his arm lopped off. I really that was a big like in the theater, like <gasps> the first time you see it, like just the smoothness of that lop. And he's just like even him, he's like looks at his arm like, oh damn. Well, we kind of figured it would happen at some point in the trilogy, right? Because we, well, that's we know it. Vader has the, the... Yeah, the mirroring is so good. Well, it, yeah. also, it also got heavily foreshadowed in the droid factory, right? Where he, where that the robot kind of got stamped over his arm. There's a please don't. 
the whole droid factory. Uh, yeah. Yeah, but it's we're not talking about the second. Yeah. Well, the reason why I, I mentioned Attack of the Clones is because I was like, oh, I don't want to see this again in Revenge of the Sith. And of course, we get Yoda versus Palpatine this time. Yeah, but that was awesome, though. It was definitely better. I just I can't stand seeing Yoda flipping around all over the place. That's the part yeah. that gets me. And it, but it doesn't well, make sense it. otherwise, right? Like, because if he stands his ground on his two feet, he should not be able exactly. to fight anybody. Nope. So you got to get him moving. But I just, yep. I, that's why I, that's why I'm like, the whole idea of it bothers me because it, it, it just, ugh. Anyway. When he lops off, he, he makes that jump and he lops off Commander Gree's head and, uh, and that other bozo. I can get on board with that one, I suppose. Yeah, I know. It, I just, I, I don't know. I, I Everybody kind of crapped on that. Um, and I was like, yeah, you know, bouncy Yoda and whatever, but uh, kind of grew on me. Yeah, from like Kyle said, from like an attack standpoint, it's the only thing that really made sense. So I went with it. And I get, yeah. you know, from a story standpoint, getting Yoda involved as well. Like I said, like even he got sucked into Palpatine's trap. Yeah, poor little bugger. When he gets all hurt at the end there, I'm like, Yoda. Not only that, he's a great warrior. Like, you know, and Luke says it in in, uh, in Empire. You know, I'm looking for a great warrior. And it's like, oh, well, guess what? Yeah, he was a great warrior. <laughs> he was a badass. So, yeah, I don't mind it as much as, uh, as I probably would have uh, when it first came out. But uh, I, I do, I will say, like, seeing Palpatine tossing Senate pods at Yoda. That was cool. Yeah, that was awesome, man. And Yoda catches one, throws it back. It's freaking awesome, man. Yeah, he's all spinning it up. Like, yeah. and, well, just just the underlying sort of uh, thematic thing there, where Palpatine is tearing apart the Senate. He's ripping apart the democracy. All the like the yeah, voilà. the, somatic, yeah. the, the sim- symbols of of democracy, and Palpatine is literally tearing them apart. I thought, like, for me, that works huge. Yeah, and he's laughing hysterically. Yeah, he's enjoying like the it. Joker. He's enjoying. He's it. out of his mind. Yeah. The like, Yoda, I win. <laughs> How do you think? All right, let's move on to question two. We've already kind of dabbled in it a bit, but which scenes do you think were not wanted by the general audience, but now years later are beloved? So yeah, you... I think that comes back to what I said, where I don't know if anybody didn't want anything. Yeah. Right? Like, yeah. yeah. I struggle with this but, one. This is tough. Yeah. What do you, I already, you, already I said my tool already with the second Death Star Star Killer and the Space Twins thing. Yeah, Luke and Leia. Yeah. Well, how do you think Yubnub was was received then? Like we know people, everybody loves it now, but then like I think. How dare you? Oh, shut your face! Everybody <laughs> loved it. Did they love it then though? Like I know people love it now. Of course they did. I don't know about that. Like so, the ten year old who saw A New Hope. In in seventy seven was now like a sixteen or seventeen year old in eighty three, and now he's listening to like Iron Maiden, Iron Maiden, <laughs> Iron Maiden, or I don't know Motorhead or whatever it is he's into. Maybe he's listening to Kill early Metallica. All for Metallica. Yeah, yeah, right. Yeah. He's into all this new metal stuff. If he I, has a heart. Do you think he's? Do you think they like Yub Nub? I don't know. Like I, I, I think that maybe they couldn't say it out loud, but in their heart they did. Uh, I don't know about that. I'm not convinced. Like I said, I, I know what people feel now, and we're not. But we're not talking about that. I'm wondering what people felt then, as like a a teen, because the the Ewoks were not universally embraced. They still aren't. 
You can't nope. deny that the magic of that scene, though, the happiness of Yub Nub. It's it's it, it it transcends. I'm I don't not know. saying I do. I'm just saying maybe that's one of the things that some people are lying to themselves about. Look, oh. you know what? You know what? <laughs> yeah, George, like, 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 and Anakin's not the chosen one, Corey. George, uh-huh. George ruined science for me when he used a certain pitch uh, for when uh, one of the Ewoks is actually hitting the the helmets of the stormtroopers. Like that 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 doesn't work. Like, there's no way you're gonna get different pitches and the pitch that high from a helmet. Like, you that don't just, know the kind of you don't know Ewok that technology. That just ruins it for me, man. It ruins Star Wars for me, man. <laughs> it's ruined because the Yubnub guy is playing the little with his little hammers on a xylophone, but the xylophone is the helmets of stormtroopers. And why are they different pitches? And why is it so high? Well, you don't. Why? You don't know. You don't. Some know of them Ewok still have their heads inside, and some don't. I know. Nah, I don't. I don't buy that. Half exactly. Heads. It's exactly Hashtag not my xylophone. Half to like, I like what Kyle said. Half head, three quarter head, like not bad. Full skull. <laughs> would you? Would you doubt it? I, I don't care. It, it was beautiful music. Well, it got replaced, I like, Corey. I like. A, I like. I like it better than what they have now. Yep. <laughs> Especially the drum solos they have in the new one too. That's even worse. Not only that, it's the wind chimes and like it's still I, nice. I, I, I like it. There's no replacing the yum dub for me, man. But oh. I, I got one that hated then, beloved now though. My last one, I guess. I kind of thought of this as we spoke, but uh, Boba Fett, right? Uh. You know, a lot of controversy surrounding the character right now for the movie and all that. Is it too fan servicey? They put it on the shelf, yada yada yada. But you know, throwing him into the prequels, probably back in the day, everyone was like, "How lame!" This and that. They're just trying to, you know, garner some attention on this character and stoke the fire. But now, having uh, being a big fan of the Clone Wars, I like what we've seen in his character development and where that character was going. So I'm thankful we got that about that character. You know, they have kind of pumped him up, and every story that was there was quite interesting. And you see him growing uh, quickly into uh, someone really smart and conniving, and the experiences that shape him. Uh, I think was something that I, I totally love now. And again, like I think a lot of people were hating on that for a while. What? The, what? I, I, what? <laughs> what? Are, are we supposed to be talking about the the conclusion, like the, the series cappers, the Revenge of the Sith, or Jedi? Whatever. I don't care. <laughs> yeah, I guess. I don't know. I was just thinking about hated then, beloved now. Just popped in there. Is that beloved though? Uh, to me, it is personally. Like I, I like it. I like what they did with him. I'm curious for more. Okay, Carlos, do you have any? Uh, are we are we on the third part of the breakdown? Well, we we could go there if you want. No, no, no. Yeah, we could do that. <laughs> okay, part three. Do you think it's possible to have any of the please don'ts be in episode nine and have it change your mind if it's done correctly? 
Yeah, we did a whole uh, we did a whole episode about this. Mm-hmm. This is and, all my fault. Yes, it is. Yeah, uh, but uh, am, it was I'm a good okay episode. with that, by the way. Yeah, me too. Uh, it was a very good episode, and um, I'm 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 proud to go on record. And um, one of my one of my please don'ts was um, the uh, what's it called the uh, Jesus the change of <laughs> the change the change old thingy what 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 did we call it the changeling. Oh, the uh, you know where uh, uh, Ray becomes bad and then Kylo becomes oh, the, good. The bait and switch. Bait and switch. There you go. Yeah, that one. If it's done correctly, I think it, it can go from a please don't to all right. Not bad. Not bad. Uh, but as far as all the other please don'ts, ugh. wow, that's the one of the worst I've heard yet. Really, it's worse yeah. than it's worse than. Uh, Raylo? No. No. It sits right up there, though. Raylo like, wears the, the throne or sits on the, on the throne of bad things that can happen. Yeah. But I, that, that's that's not my answer for this one because I don't think it could ever change my mind, even if it's done. Like, how could you do that correctly? It doesn't make I don't think it's possible. Ah, oh, man. Well, like I said, like, I think JJ will put it in a spot where Raylos, people who ship these two, will think that, see, they did it, they did it. And people like us who don't want to see it be like, see, they killed him. Like, you could see a scenario where, like, Ray is holding Kylo as he di- as he's dying, and she's crying. And he, like, touches her face, or, they love each other, and he dies. And people think that, there there you go, that was Raylo. And we go, see, he died, so it doesn't count. See, I'm, I'm okay with something like that. <laughs> you had me at hello? guys but i uh yeah um well see the the whole point for me like in bringing forth all those things that i definitely don't want is i want to deprogram myself from them like i like if if we get those things i don't like i don't want to walk out of episode nine like pounding sand and being pissed no that's it yes yes talk myself through it to say no this okay if they do this it it can work but there's a couple of them raylo being chief among them can't can't deal there's no way you could sell them sell me on that. Uh, uh I'm on on the same page there. Like even recently <laughs> I, I thought of it as uh, for the Raylo thing, like it, it just can't happen romantically. You can't you can't do it. But Kylo, redemption, even at that, I think it should be we should res- uh, replace the word redemption for like restitution almost. Like making amends, something like that, like a personal realization where it's not so much like him stealing Ray's thunder. You know what I mean? Like Ray's always been the good guy, but he can still realize in the end that what he's done is bad and kind of try and atone for that. But it doesn't necessarily mean that he's redeemed or whatever. But the romance aspect, like, yeah, no, there's no place for that here. Well, I, I, well, I think that's the danger. I think there is place for it. Well, it, it's undeniable their connection. They have this deep connection for some reason. I do hope JJ explains that, but I hope it's not because I think I said this to you guys earlier. Like, oh, fate turns out we're in love. <laughs> Yay! Like, 
uh, there's got to be more to it than that. But I think it's a key part of the story as well. We're just two but, uh, people looking for belonging, and we'll find it in each other. <laughs> no. <laughs> well, to, well, Kyle is a torn character. Like, his character arc in the next film is going to be pretty interesting. Like, granted, the decisions he made in TLJ, like, kind of solidify things. But, again, he's totally lost still, man. Like, uh, I don't know. He's, he's just such a pain and torn guy. Like, I don't think uh, I don't think it's that cut cut and dry for him, you know, or black or white. Yeah, no, I, I'm with you there, Corey. Like, I, I'm I'm on board. Like, if if they want to redeem Kylo, which I, I, I restitution, come on, get on board. The, you know, if they do that, and I think there's a half decent chance that they do. Yeah, it's something I think I can live with so long as he dies. Like, I don't want there to be any speculation of episode 10 led by Ben Solo, the Jedi Knight. Like, I don't, in that case, I don't want it. Force Ghost Kylo. Duh. He's not, no, he does not no. deserve that. No, he doesn't. That's why he. But then again, like, Anakin's the trump card there. He got it and he did some terrible stuff. Yeah, but he was the chosen one. Yeah, I know. I know the precedent, right? Stupid. Um, yeah, like I guess there's you know all the all the list of things that uh, you know I, I put down on the list. I I really want to get over so that if I do see it, I'm not puking on the person in front of me at the cinema. <laughs> you know, where's Ghost Jamboree? Um, I'll, I'll deal with that. Like if if it's if they space it out, or you know if if this if they push characters forward or drive the narrative. Okay, let's let's do this. But otherwise, <gasps> oh my god! I just came up with something. Oh dear! Holy cow! Oh my god, guys! Episode nine ends, and JJ recanonizes Yubnub. Haven't you already said this? <laughs> Maybe Carlos is stuck in a Groundhog Day time loop right now. Yes. Ugh. Maybe. Oh, what about, I, I, you know, the guys at uh, Tatooine Sons, the boys there, they put uh, time travel in one of their polls. Like some, like the please don't from episode nine, which one could, I, I forget the exact wording, but time travel. Of course, there's another thing that Star Wars is flirting with at least. Would you want to see that, like a world between worlds type thing? I am absolutely against that as well. Yeah, I'm kind of against that. I'm... Yeah, I don't, li- I don't like it. Like uh, it unless, it... unless they do it really well, and then I'll like it. I don't know. It, it's... Unless, unless Ahsoka's there, but it just, it just takes this story. People would be like, "Who the hell's Ahsoka?" You know what I mean? This is Episode Nine. Let's focus on the Star- Skywalkers here. Imagine you know? the episode ends, and. After Yubnub, there's a portal that opens, and, and Ahsoka walks out and says, "Hey, Ray," and then it Iris out. Yeah, to, people just it would fly over too many uh, people's heads. Yep, it sure. Yeah, it sure would. Yeah, you can't you can't be introducing that type of character here. But like not it, at, not at the end like that no that's but even even still like what like if they altered time somehow and they they in an attempt to do what though oh I don't know 
trying to think off the top of my head here. Like it's, I can't. I can see, I can see the connection between uh, Kylo and Ray, like doing all kinds of funny stuff like that. You know, go back to in the it, past inadvertently. And, you know, open up the world between worlds and and grab Anakin before he turns and pull him into that present moment. No, not stuff like that. But like, imagine the, that though. The... Like, oh boy, oh my god! Like I'd start hurling all over the people in front of me. Oh god, yeah. Would you talk to your grandson? What? What do you mean, grandson? What are, what are you talking about? Well, well, you have this moment. You kind of kill your your wife. You know, but she had two kids. You thought it was we thought it was one. Turns out it was two. You didn't know about them. You thought they died with her. Then you found out that one was alive, and then you found out there was actually a second. That that's messy. I. I Time travel does not belong in, in, in this yeah, story. It messes up the prophecy all kinds. <laughs> so, yeah, I, I don't want to see that whatsoever. But, yeah, like the, I, I'm trying to leave open possibilities that for all the like the list that I have. That so I, I could get over some of them if if they're done well. I can see them using their connection to possibly like go back in time not to change things but to observe or something like that you know what i mean Ugh. like just see what Ugh. went down at one point like well whatever i think I, even i'm not it, saying like just opening that can of worms is dangerous i think like just putting that on the table just is just so dangerous i think let's 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 move on to the force coast jamboree what do you guys uh I've I've toned my my opinion down on this one a bit. Uh, maybe Yoda, you know Obi Wan. I really don't think he has a place in this film anymore. But if anything, if we are going to see them, I am one hundred percent on board with Leia and Luke. Space twins would be the bare absolute minimum for me. Father, you know, father, daughter, son. I think that'd be really kind of cool. Just you know, with other Star Wars lore as well, I think that'd be really neat. You know, this this is gonna sound weird, but I'd be if, if Carrie were still alive, and they force ghosted her, I'd probably be okay with it. But just because she's gone to like to do that, um, like, you feel like it's fan service, or yeah, it feels it it, it would feel too contrived. But you have to tell yourself, like, I would think it would be part of the plan the whole time. Like, look, you didn't think Luke was gonna go in. In uh, eight, did you? No one did. Guy was bringing down Star Destroyers, man. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. Like my, in my mind, Carrie was always gonna live through the saga and be yeah, the I don't like, know. and be the like. For like, who's lost more than Leia? Nobody. And I always thought that she would be, she would be the one to sort of like you know at the end of the day. She fought the Empire. She fought the First Order, and peace is finally restored. And she'd be there to see it because she deserves it as a character. But I, I don't know. I don't know what they're going to do now. I, I hope they still kind of explore that. But that's, of course, another story for another day. Uh, do we have anything else here on Grab's question? Uh, no. I think uh, no. I think we 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 beat it up pretty good. I. I um... I just want to actually go out of my way and say thanks to Grabs for for kicking this whole thing off. Absolutely. And, 
And um, I, I believe he's tagging somebody for next month. I think that's how is that how it's working? Yeah, I think he's going to pass the torch on to another knight who will throw a question into the group chat we have, and then we'll we'll run with that in, in December. Yeah, awesome. beautiful. Yeah, yeah th- this was heavy, man. Yeah, this was a good one. I mean, we could man, we could almost could have got it done a whole show on this. But as it stands, I think we did a pretty good job kicking it around. Yep. So, Grabs, thank you. Congrats on a, starting off a, a really cool initiative here at the uh, the Commonwealth. All right, Corey, do you want to read Rick's question? Yeah, give me a second here. Let me open her up. Oh, dear. Should have been open already. Yeah. Yeah, it was, but, uh, you know. Nope, I don't. Nope, I have no uh, idea. <laughs> no, it's gone. Okay, yeah, I'll read it. So, yeah, uh, hey, guys and gals. Uh, hey guys and gal, uh, we miss you, Michelle. Uh, so it looks like the powers that be are grooming our live action stories two different ways. Uh, the movie seemed to focus on events, uh, example, the Galactic Civil War, stealing the Death Star plans, the Kessel Run. The characters' arcs become kind of ancillary when you look at it this way, uh, and the two shows that have been announced seem to be focused on singular characters from what little we know so far. All that said, are there any characters or events from legends or non-movie canon that you guys would like to see brought to the screen? Personally, I'd like to uh, oh, what? I'd like to know what the hell Lando did at the Battle of Tanab in a Lando limited series or exactly what happened uh, at Malachor that left everybody who is there in ruin as seen in rebels, twilight of the apprentice. See you at the arcade and may the force be with you, Rick, Rick. Thank you so much, Rick. And actually, uh, yes. Thank you, Rick. You Rick is now on Twitter. Everybody. If you've not followed Rick yet, I believe his handle is as you might be, you know, you'll be surprised to hear it. It's actually, actually now look at that. It's at Cad Bane's bounty. Ooh, there you go. So you can go follow Rick, our good friend, uh, and yeah, follow him. Get that yeah. follower count up. Rick Rick is a great, great, thoughtful Star Wars fan. So follow Rick at Cad Bane's Bounty. All right, Corey, you want to kick this one off? Uh, well, first of all, I want to say like his choices right away, like Lando, the Battle of Tanab. Mm-hmm. I'm down, but there's just so much more to be told there with that character as well. I think, like, uh, yeah, give me give me a TV show for him as well. Like, I like what he said about the character focus here for the television series. I think we might get something a little uh, different with the Game of Thrones guys, but he does make a point in saying that that uh, very character singular character driven Rebels as well is kind of in a way Ezra, you know. Uh. And I couldn't agree with him more about Malachor. That battle, those episodes of Rebels, man, like, oh, they blew my mind. The temple, the power, the technology and knowledge that they had all lost in, like, the space sands of time, you know? I I burned for that, man. Like, there was obviously, like, a Sith army, yo. And they, ah, like, it's just technology and all that stuff that, so, it's this knowledge that's lost and forgotten and, like, the lore behind that like just drives me mental I, I love that aspect of star wars and there's just so much to look at from from that perspective when you think of like the eons and eons of time 
like I think there's a lot of potential there to tell stories. But if you think what he was kind of saying about the, the legends aspect, um, I, I don't know so much like what they can really pull from it. Like maybe a lot of people have been kind of on the fence about this and it still comes up as a joke almost every now and again. But I think it's going to happen at one point. Somehow they're going to throw a, a Dash Rendar character out there. Like he, he's got to pop up. I was also a really big fan of Rogue Squadron. I think that has a lot of potential as well. Well, that that would have been my pull. Like, I'm not I'm not big for the legend stuff. There's nothing that I can think of, not one character or story that I I wish would be brought to screen, except maybe for Rogue Squadron, like that concept. But you know, we're we're getting a book next year called Alphabet Squadron. And I would love to see that translate to screen at some point. It's 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 a motley crew of old rebellion fighters chasing imperial remnants into the unknown regions. Like I'd be all over that. That would be really really rad. And it's it's kind of a proxy to Rogue Squadron, I think. How about you, Carlos? Uh, so I will uh, continue to beat this dead horse, and uh, I want to see the uh, the Palpatine uh, the Palpatine prequel. That's that's what I want to see. I um... so like the the Palpatine book. I I don't think you have you read that. No, I haven't read it. I, I don't I don't read books. <laughs> uh, except except for uh, <laughs> the one book that James gave me. But um, oh, that that Harlequin novel. Yeah, no, that was the one Kigo's writing. Uh, no, uh, the Silmarillion. But uh, other than that, no. Um, <clears throat> I just want to see how he decides that he's going to be a Sith. And, and I want to see his relationship with Plagueis and, and the inner workings of how he's manipulating people on the Jedi council before we even see, uh, Obi-Wan and, and Qui-Gon Jinn, uh, in the first scene of, uh, of episode one, there's, there's so much, Leading up to that, well, yeah, he's, that, he's already uh, got like half the Senate, like half the Senate in his back pocket. By that point, he's got the Trade Federation already wrapped around his finger. He already has Maul. He's got Maul, so yeah, there's so much that goes back. Who knows how long? Exactly, and that, that's what that's what I want to know. Well, I think one one thing that they can continue on that people uh, this is a, a tightrope walk for them in a way. Like they pick and choose characters from legends to install back into canon, like example Thrawn. Like some people are still kind of on the fence about that. I personally love it, but you know, they can really pick and choose. Like uh, they've done it, I uh, can't cite any right now, but I know they've done that multiple times with uh, several characters. Hey, how about this? How about if, if Battle of Tanab, he was actually with. Hera at that point and it's the battle, that, that that maneuver is actually the ghost and it's actually Hera's move but Lando's trying to take credit for it <laughs> mm. wouldn't that be something oh can you imagine the freak out on that so at that point uh, Han is still in Carbonite so is Lando flying the Falcon See, I always got the impression that the Battle of Tanab happened like way before Empire. 
I don't know that I don't know that it's been explained at all. Because like he mentions it to Han, somebody must have told him about my little maneuver at the Battle of Tanab. Like Han just woke up from a from his carbonite nap. He doesn't know what that is, but Lando talks to him about it as if he does. Exactly. Yeah. It well, it took place. Uh, yeah, it probably does take place between Empire and Jedi. That that's that's the read I got on it. Because Lando is uh, he's an administrator. Uh... Yeah, he's a, he was a, yeah he was a businessman for all those years before that. Yeah. It took place. I'm reading here from. Uh... He's forced into the rebellion, right? Because because the Empire takes over the city. So, yeah, but he's always led like a dicey kind of life. You know what I mean? Yeah, no, I see what I, you're saying. I always, t- I always t- took it from like the era of him and Han from the movie era. You know what I mean? Like, okay, so here it is: the Battle of Tanab took place during the Galactic Civil War, in which Lando Calrissian fought against and defeated a pirate fleet in orbit of the planet Tanab. He later attributed his promotion to general in the Alliance fleet to a maneuver he pulled during that battle. Hmm. That's pretty interesting. A pirate fleet. And that's canon? That is the canon explanation. And it's betwe- between Empire and Jedi. Correct. Mm. That's awesome. Dude, is Hondo that pirate? I was going to that story. <laughs> Lando, it's, it's a cool story. Lando killed, uh, Lando killed Hondo. Fuck. Mm. What a no. stupid name, anyway. Hondo Onaka. Get out of here. <laughs> Your coping mechanisms, Carlos, impeccable. <laughs> you like it, huh? <laughs> Guys, I would just want to... Let's be honest. I'm going to say something right now to all the fans of Tumbling Saber. I don't mean half the stuff I say. <laughs> <laughs> like, he... a, lot, a, a lot of the times, I'm just trying to, to get a reaction out of Corey. That, that's... <laughs> That's and, why I've been brought on board. <laughs> dude, and, and that especially pertains to Mr. Blueberry Bridger. Oh, no, I really hate that kid, though. Yeah, see? Guys. <laughs> <laughs> Does he mean it or not? All right, uh, anything else? I really love Rick's pull, though, of, of Tanab and the Malachor callouts. Like, those, that would have been my, my go-to's. Malachor is absolutely top of my list. Like I've said this so many times on this podcast about these these things in the past that seem so much more grand than where we are now. Even the prequels for that matter, you know what I mean? It seems like that space society has degraded over time and so has the knowledge of the the Jedi has of the of the Force and all that over time. It's gotten like less and less and less. It's got like a thing of uh, a game of telephone. Well, they, they've drifted just... further and further apart from what they're supposed to be. Yeah, but I think it, like these past generations really had it right, and I think there's a it's ripe for stor- storytelling, man. But I, you know, I I wonder because if you accept that what Luke does on crate is sort of the a a callback or honoring what it means to be a Jedi. If, if you are on board with that and not everybody is, so your mileage may vary. Seeing old school Jedi on screen might be really boring. No, not, not, uh, there's a way to do it, man. No, 
I, I didn't say it would be very boring. I said it might be. If you have a bunch of pacifists, like you would have to pick a point in time where they start being corrupted. And so they start turning to their lightsaber and the... the Just because uh, you're a pacifist doesn't mean you can't defend yourself, you know? I, I know. But, you know, if, if you saw a bunch of guys who walked around saying, oh, no, we're not going to fight. Like the Jedi prequel Jedi were like, let's get it on. Let's go. These guys were almost looking for a fight. And so I, I you know, I, th- I think somewhere out there is a version of Jedi, which for a franchise that has been sort of a, a, a big spectacle, I think there, I think there's a, 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 an order of Jedi at some point where we'd be like, what, what, what? Well, I, I always see it that they just, they play that mind game where yes, they can use a lightsaber and whatnot, but they basically play to the level where they let their opponent defeat themselves. You know what I mean? Like you've seen so many times in like cartoons and stuff where like they just get so cocksure of themselves, the villain. And then like next thing you know, they're like stepping into a furnace by accident. <laughs> I guess that's kind of space balls. Well, I, it, it's, it's just a rough thing. example from rogue one. Like I, I want to know, like, give me a standalone story of the little girl that Jyn Erso saved. Uh, she went out of her way to save the little girl, and, and, and then the little girl gets taken by her mom. And then uh, the whole holy city gets destroyed. Like, I, like I, I want to know what happened to that little girl. Oh, she's died. Uh, I don't believe you. Somebody, and... somebody asked. Somebody asked, uh, did, did, those, did that girl die? And they're like, yeah, she's dead. Somebody asked. Well, like somebody, like a fan on Twitter asked, you know, the, the story. Gareth Edwards, the the group, the story group on Twitter. Is she dead? Yeah, she's dead. They're all dead. Oh. Dead, dead, dead. Shut your dirty mouth. Dead. <laughs> I want to stand alone. Obviously. Uh, anything else, guys? I, 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 I'll, I'm going to cut myself off. Um. I'm always down to see more Sith Lords brought to screens. We've been introduced to uh, the idea of Darth Atreus in the comics, as well as Lord Momin in in the current Vader run. I'm always down to see that kind of stuff brought back to screen. Oh, yeah. I'm so down. Like, I I don't even want... I want to take it beyond this rule of two thing, man. Like, let's bring it back to, like, what Rick was saying in, in Malachor where there were like a buttload. Well, I, I think somewhere like Knights of the Old Republic, that's what this all comes back to. And I think, I think everybody, including Lucasfilm would love to do it, but it comes with such baggage. It would just like, there's uh, so many fans who, like, I don't know that I don't know Knights of the Old Republic. So, you know, I, I can't venture an opinion, but People love it, and it sounds like call it something reason. different. Well, th- well, that that's I guess. But as soon as you say we're exploring this time period, <gasps> that's Knights of the Old Republic time period, and it, it you suddenly have it, it just comes with an, a, a gigantic load of expectations that you're going to do this. And <gasps> is Revan going to be here? Oh my God, no Revan! What the you know and and. You just get people saying, oh, Lucasfilm's still ruining Star Wars still. And all we wanted was revenue. They still won't do it. I think everybody wants to do that time period. But 
I think it's just it's it's like landmines all over the place if you do. Anyway, I think uh, I think that's it for now. It's a really good question, Rick, and I'd love to hear what everybody else wants to see from from a legends or non movie canon. Let's hear what you guys got. All right, so that's it, guys. Rick and Grabs, thank you this week for the questions. Uh, we're done, guys. Corey, Carlos, thanks, guys. We are out of here. Thank you. All right, so if you enjoy this podcast, everybody, uh, come support us uh, on Patreon. If you're not a powerful friend yet, you can do so for just a couple bucks a month. And uh, we've got we've got a giveaway coming up in the next couple of weeks here, and you're going to want to get on that because, well, I think we're going to give away a copy of the art of solo. Oh, seriously? Yeah. Uh, I think we're gonna have to go there. Ooh. We're going to have, I don't even have that. No, I know you don't. I'd be more excited if I ever won anything, but, uh, <laughs> yeah, I think that's awesome, man. See, yeah. that's another book I would read. Yeah. No, oh, yeah. These are great. These are incredible books. They are the, the best making of books we're going to get for the, for the next little while. So that will be our giveaway. That, that looks like that might be uh, maybe next week or the week after. So if you want to get in on that, become a powerful friend at patreon.com slash tumbling saber and uh, pick a tier and get yourself into the draw. And also, what, six different podcasts that we have? Something like that. It's crazy. But anyway, check it out. Is it 10? Uh, it's not no. 10 yet. Please, please. You're killing me. <laughs> all right all this out of the way guys uh carlos where can we find you on social media social media find me at c candido music on twitter and instagram carlos candido on facebook or carlos creates on patreon and i'm saying this right now the net i need i have two han solo mud troopers the lego han solo mud troopers that i'm gonna give away the next two people who jump on the patreon campaign you're getting a han solo mud trooper just for signing up just for signing up. Can I delete and then rejoin? No, you can't. Damn it. Hmm. Hmm. Corey. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, that's it. Your your move, guys. All right. So, uh, Carlos, you have a you have a Twitter account, I believe. Yeah, Twitter and Instagram. See Candido Music. That's the first go. thing I said. Okay. Fair enough. Pay so, attention. People assume I pay attention. That's 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 the problem. <laughs> And Corey. Well, guys, everybody can find me at Chop Rules with a Z. And you can find Michelle at tediously underscore brief, wherever she is right now. Michelle, we hope uh, we hope you are having fun. Uh, she, Michelle will be back soon. That's all I'm going to say. She'll be back soon. Uh, for me, you can find me at Tumbling Saber on Twitter and on Instagram and also in our Facebook group where we are always having a bunch of fun. So come join us, our closed group. You can nerd out on all things Star Wars, behind the safe, closed walls of our Facebook group. So come check it out. And also, I want to thank Rob Wade for endorsing this podcast on his baby, Emotionally14.com. So go check that out. And also, uh, we are part of a wonderful group of podcasters called the Star Wars Commonwealth. So go check that out at StarWarsCommonwealth.com or on iTunes as a podcast provider. 10 different podcasts. Everybody's doing something a little bit different, but equally great. So check that out. And uh, that's it, guys. So until next time, thank you all for listening to episode 152, and we will catch you all in the next one. <laughs>
Struggle for the answers, questions frighten me. Circles getting wider, it's harder just to see.
New to Medicare? Start now. Go to MyHealthPolicy.com to learn about some of the top-rated Medicare Advantage plans in your area, including plans for $0 a month in plan premiums, low out-of-pocket costs, and expansive provider networks. If you're thinking about a Medicare Advantage plan, MyHealthPolicy.com is a great place to go to find a plan that meets your needs. Learn more about your options. Even talk with a licensed insurance agent. MyHealthPolicy.com. New to Medicare? Go to MyHealthPolicy.com. With MyHealthPolicy.com, you can compare plans from some of the nation's top insurers. Start now to find a plan and apply online. MyHealthPolicy.com makes it easy to find a Medicare Advantage plan in your area, including plans for $0 a month in plan premiums, low out-of-pocket costs, and expansive provider networks. My decision, my Medicare. MyHealthPolicy.com New to Medicare? Start now. Go to MyHealthPolicy.com to learn about some of the top-rated Medicare Advantage plans in your area, including plans for $0 a month in plan premiums, low out-of-pocket costs, and expansive provider networks. If you're thinking about a Medicare Advantage plan, MyHealthPolicy.com is a great place to go to find a plan that meets your needs. Learn more about your options. Even talk with a licensed insurance agent. MyHealthPolicy.com. 